0: COVID-19 has shown that if you're not digitally savvy, you can be left behind, you can. But at the same time, uh, it also shows that digital technology can bring the masses forward ahead. And it's especially important for countries that need to leapfrog.
1: TechSauce Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Welcome to another episode of Texas Global Podcast. I'm Chowarat Yong Poupe, your host for this podcast. And as always, I am the global content editor. Uh, giving you the latest on what's been going on here in Southeast Asia, as well as the rest of the world. Uh, hopefully we do give you some uh, good notes uh, in our talks. And, and today actually is something that uh, is exciting because we're gonna talk about something that is going to be developing uh, the landscape of FinTech and also access to financial services that we've not never really seen before as we are developing fast in this area, not only in Southeast Asia, but across the globe. And so today we're going to talk to a person from Ant Group, formerly known as the Ant Financial and Alipay, an affiliate company of the Chinese Alibaba Group. And they have actually created this cool project. It's 10 times 1,000. Uh, basically an organization that is uh, having that mission to train emerging talents and tech leaders uh, to try and develop the finance area. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail about it because I want to get all the details from the man himself, Jason Powell, the program lead of 10 Times 1000. Hello, Jason.
0: Hello, Kunva Pleasure to be here and thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for talking with us. I know that we can't see each other you know, face to face and you're talking to, us, talking to us from Shanghai. And so we really appreciate that. Um, first off, how has Alipay provided its services in countries? I know we, we know about it, uh, but can you give us a, a brief explanation as to how the reach has been?
0: Yeah, thank you for that question. And I'd love to describe a bit of you know, Ant Group and particularly Al- Alipay's uh, journey uh, over the years, you know, Alipay and Ant Group, we started uh, eighteen years ago. Uh, and so you know since then, our journey has really been one of innovation and technology. Uh, those two combined. But ultimately it's about solving problems and how we can resolve user and merchants' uh, pain points. And so you know operated by Ant Group, Alipay uh, is the leading digital payment platform in China. Serving hundreds of million, millions of users. And we connect them with merchants to enable a comprehensive digital lifestyle. So that means much more, much, much more than payments. Um, it spans everything from paying your utilities, getting credit, et cetera, et cetera. So in Southeast Asia, we've been working with a lot of local merchants, and especially in tourism, hospitality, and also the retail sectors to adopt mobile payments and accept Alipay payments over the years so that when users are traveling across Southeast Asia, which is big for tourism, it's a more convenient and it's more seamless experience. Mm -hmm. So over the last two years since the pandemic, you know, we've clearly seen an accelerated adoption of digital solutions and innovations, mobile payments also included, right? So when people dine out, I think people now expect or hope to see a digital menu, uh, and also be able to pay uh, through their preferred local uh, mobile wallet. And also more and more businesses have pivoted to set up online shops or to leverage e-commerce to sell things globally. You know that really was uh, the lifeline to a lot of businesses over the last few years, where you couldn't go out and you had to look to other means. And that's where uh, the digital economy is so powerful. Mm. And so the last point on this is, You know, mobile wallets have been a key driver of mobile payments globally. And at the end of 2020, uh, there are over 2.8 billion mobile wallets in use. And that number is going to increase uh, by a huge amount, uh, 70% over the next five years to reach 4.8 billion. So clearly something is going on that's, that's working. And I think specifically for Asia, as one of the most advanced regions in the world on mobile wallet adoption, you know, emerging markets across Asia are going to experience hyper growth. And this is a great thing. Uh, And this is gonna help, I think a lot of economies, a lot of SMEs, a lot of entrepreneurs, frankly, uh, leapfrog by using digital technology and ultimately create more jobs. So that's gonna be a great, great story in the years to come.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because you've been there from the start, really, in terms of it being in the primal state, you know, people just getting to know it. And of course, we've had the last couple of years, uh, you know, the impact of COVID-19, people jumping right into that, you know, exchange, digital exchanges and everything. Uh, Can you can you just give us a little more about how that speed has been and uh, what do you expect will come next?
0: Yeah, you know, the uh, everyone's moving at a different speed, and I mm-hmm. think that's very, very, very clear, uh, including through our work on the 10 times 1000 initiative, which I'll go into a little bit later, mm-hmm. but different countries, uh, different cities within countries uh, are moving at different paces, and one thing that has made um, <clears throat> this move a bit faster is definitely COVID, and COVID had forced user behavior to change right and that's one of the biggest things about any technology adoption is that it requires um a new way of doing things and for consumers that are used to paying in cash or you're writing checks it's hard to change consumer behavior and so the digit the 19 did one thing i think positive for the future of the digital economies globally is that it did force the hand for consumers to change how they, how they consume uh, and how merchants adopt digital technology. So today you see mom and pop shops, whether it's a food stall or a hawker or even the big businesses and banks, they now have as their top priority digital transformation, right? So some are, some are further down the line, some are just starting, uh, but I think what's clear is that it has moved up high in the priority uh, for, for everybody.
1: Mm. Uh, i i think it's interesting because of the fact that China has i think was was the first to to actually successfully do it uh, very thoroughly in terms of uh that adaptation um but throughout your journey throughout the you know the development of financial services what do you think have have been the main pain points In accessing financial services, especially when you talk about Southeast Asia. And how do you think these uh, pain points can be solved?
0: Yeah, you know, Southeast Asia's economy has come a long way over the last decade, but there are still uh, over six out of 10 Southeast Asian nations remain unbanked or underbanked. And you know, SMEs, especially the microenterprise, micro enterprises, are really a strong driving force for Southeast Asian economies. You know, according to a 2021 study by the Tech for Good Institute, over 60% of micro SMEs were unable to get a loan when they needed financing, which of course limits their potential for growth. Southeast Asia is also home to a lot of islands, right? And I think Thailand alone has over 1,400. And so one of the things that uh, excites us is if you look at the 15th century, uh, there was a Silk Road. Uh, that went from you know Western China all the way across to Eurasia, and and that was uh, a painful journey, let's say, to facilitate cross-border trade. In this century, we have the beginnings of a digital world, and I think for Southeast Asia, given the challenge of logistics and how widespread its population is, that is going to be a really fantastic thing to to solve. And and so what we've done at Ant Group in 2020 is we've launched something called Alipay Plus. And Alipay Plus is really to solve global merchant and consumer pain points throughout Asia. So today we actually serve over 1 billion consumers across Asia and globally so that they can access cross-border mobile payments, they can access more merchants, they can access more SMEs, uh, whether they're in their own country or they're traveling across uh, the Southeast Asia region. Um, so in terms of pain points, I really think there's, you know, there's really the few um, that we all need to focus on.
1: Do you think that the fact that, you know, we're so spread out in terms of how uh, varied the, 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 the economic situation is or the development level is throughout Southeast Asia, do you think that is a challenge as well?
0: Oh, it's definitely a challenge. And, and it goes back to, you know, my example about the Silk Road and the Digital Road. Um, it, it is infeasible uh, to to build up the infrastructure that would say connect 1400,000 islands. But the promise of digital technology is that that can be done in a very inexpensive way. And that's, that's really the promise I think that Southeast Asia has with FinTech and similar technology solutions. Um, can you access uh, a global market, a regional marketplace and to sell your products, to have logistics done and also to have the payments done all leveraging digital technology. That solution was not possible, say five or six years ago. And I think today it definitely is. And it definitely is because not only are consumers and merchants more aware of these possibilities, but there are more and more vendors. There are more and more suppliers of technology that can get these things done. And so we're seeing that Uh, we're seeing more and more companies, Enhance their expertise on providing these solutions uh, to the people that need the most, and so that's why a big pain point that we need to solve is talent. Mm-hmm. And it all starts. It all starts with talent, and and they are the backbone of what's enabling this ongoing innovation. We know that there are today a lot of people that are working several jobs. We know a lot of people that, uh, especially young people, uh, are very tech savvy and. We also know that there are a lot of say older generations that are desperately in need of reskilling and upskilling. And so how can we tackle these two sources of growth, provide them with the education, the training they need to be not only relevant today, but in the next five to 10 years? And so talent development mm-hmm. is really a big one.
1: Mm-hmm. What about the, the, the issue of digital divide? I mean, uh, this has been a, a topic that we've talked about for quite a while now. And, uh, you know, there are issues in terms of uh, the infrastructure in, in some countries, access to technology, access to, as also to education, uh, as to the know-how, as to how to use the technology. But obviously, one of the things that I... I'm curious about is like how do you think the situation is it going to be in terms of developing that infrastructure to have people access a good internet connection and so on.
0: Well, I'll say this, users when there's users there generally is an economic case, a business case for infrastructure to be developed. And infrastructure is not cheap. Um you know in China uh, this country did immense investment strategic investment in going from 3G to 4G and now 5G. And you know, I think the, the same will follow across many countries. As long as there's a user base, there's, then the players will come into the market, right? So I think it's, it's not only a, you know call it a government infrastructure question, it really is a, a market question. Mm-hmm. Where do the users come from? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that today, most of the population in any Southeast Asian country are internet users or soon or soon will be. Mm -hmm. And, and when we get to a place where all you need is a mobile phone and an internet connection, then the world opens up. And I think then we can have this concept of the digital divide really be tackled. And I think it's a really important one because COVID-19 has shown that if you're not digitally savvy, you can be left behind. You can, but at the same time, uh, it also shows that digital technology can bring the masses forward ahead, and it's especially important for countries that need to leapfrog. And I, that's that's precisely where Southeast Asia is. Its its population, unlike the West, uh, has not been as steeped in its consumer behavior, and so it could be easier, right, to adopt new 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 methods because you might not have been using a credit card for 20 or 30 or 40 years, right? Um, most people didn't have that luxury before. And so we're seeing that across all of our partners and, and a lot of learners, frankly, is it's easier to actually take that new step because you haven't been accustomed to something for a long time. So I think the key is if there's a, if there's users, there will be infrastructure. Once there's infrastructure, all you need is a mobile phone and internet connection, which is going to be very, very cheap. The cost of that is going to go down dramatically and then you'll be act, able to access things like 10 times 1000s training programs and and i'm sure many many others that will come from different sources as well
1: yeah it's interesting yeah it's interesting how you say that uh, you know the 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 you know alipay uh, and companies like such as you play a big role as well in terms of um lifting up or or supporting that movement to, towards better access to fintech and and uh, you know financial services. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you've been talking about, been teasing about? You know, AliPay's role in combating the problem.
0: Yeah, thank you. You know, AliPay and Ant Group, as I mentioned, our uh, long history in fintech. You know, in 2018, we we took a first step forward in in being a uh, a global citizen. And in fintech, there's a lot to share. There really is so much to share in this emerging industry. And so in 2018, together with the IFC, uh, we, we co-launched times uh, 1000 Tech for Inclusion. And what it is, it's, it's an open and global fintech training pl- platform. And we are here to enable learners to ultimately drive digital economic growth. Um, but specifically, our, our mission is to train 1000 emerging talents uh, each year for the next, for at least 10 years. Uh, So we have a very long-term horizon on this. It's a philanthropic initiative as well. uh, So we don't monetize it. But what we saw is that there clearly is a digital skills gap globally. And what we wanted to do is not only to share Ant Group's expertise, our long 17, 18 years of, of experience doing it, but to be able to create a global platform where you're not only hearing about Ant Group, but you're hearing about others across the world in terms of what they're experiencing and we found that to be very very powerful and so that's the mission we last year was a big year for us we stepped our game up and built an online platform that can be accessible anywhere in the world so a key here is accessibility mm-hmm. there's a lot of training programs that frankly are not very accessible mm-hmm. and and we fully embraced online and so today on the 10 times 1000 platform uh, you can go on as long as you have an internet connection and you can you can hear from the top minds on fintech today and learn from it and importantly, learn things to apply to your current situation. You can either be a big bank that's trying to go digital, or you could be a small mom and pop entrepreneur that's trying to figure out how do I leverage mobile payments to uh, increase my customer base.
1: Mm. That's interesting that you have that wide range of of the who can join the course. You know whether you're a big corporate or a business organization or an individual. Uh, but then, how do people get, uh, you know, into the program?
0: Well, we partner with uh, a number of organizations globally, and so today we have uh, over thirty mm-hmm. uh, global partners, and they range from the un to vc funds investors to also industry associations like the thai fintech association the singapore fintech association etc so we recruit through our partners and also uh, alumni of our program can refer as well and i'll say to listeners that are interested in 10 times 1000 head over to www.10 X1000.org. Mm-hmm. You can also send us an email and express your interest to join. Um, so we have a, we're looking for learners that are passionate about financial inclusion. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are in the fintech industry per se, because as we know, fintech is impacting every business in the digital economy.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: we're looking for passionate uh, learners. We're looking for learners also that are willing to be part of a global community. And for 10 times 1,000, you know, I'll make a few points here is, you know, one curriculum is is important. And so we spent time to develop curriculum that's not just, not only theory, how to understand FinTech, but yes, we have a lot of very specific practical cases uh, lectured by CEOs, Mm-hmm. On how to take the latest technologies, things like blockchain, AI, security, et cetera, how do you actually apply it to solve problems? Right? I think that's the key. Um, and that's really one of the main, main points I want to get across today. Is I see a, we see a lot of people excited about, say, blockchain, a lot of people are really excited about AI, but a lot of times they're not starting from the right position. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: position first is, is what problem are you solving and and that's so important to 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 determine because if you're not solving a problem the application of the technology technology is only a tool it might not be sustainable it might not lead you to a healthy business or a healthy project that's going to run uh for a length of time and so that's what we try to try to stress also at 10 times one thousand in our training and the second thing is that the community is really, really important. And we are seeing this over and over again. A global community shares and fintech is changing so fast that what we're seeing today in China, we'll probably see in Africa very soon, for example. And how do you leapfrog? You leapfrog by learning. And we've seen just an enormous amount of exchange of our alumni that's constantly trading notes, because one country, what we're seeing is maybe several months ahead of the other, uh, maybe a year or two ahead of the other. So they've tackled the same problems, the same challenges that the next person will face. And so that means that they have some solutions ready to share. And that's been one of the biggest benefits of uh, 10 times 1,000. We also have a, a community of alumni, they share they exchange. Sometimes they collaborate. And sometimes they do business together. But I think that's really a key because fintech today, generally speaking, is very country specific.
1: Mm, yes. Right.
0: Yes. It really is, and and it's because of regulation. It's because of user preferences and all these different things. Um, but there's really a lot to learn if you cross uh, cross pollinate a little bit. Um, so the community is a really important one. And I'll say the you know the last one is um, there are so many hot topics popping up these days, right? So many hot topics. And um, for example, 10 times 1000 will be launching a green FinTech miniseries uh, later this year. And so we're eager to bring the latest in FinTech trends to our learners as well. So not only we call it sort of the bread and butter technologies, but also how do you think about green? How do we think about sustainability? What role does FinTech have in that regard? It has a huge role to play. It's definitely moving in different speeds at different in different markets. I'll tell you that much. Definitely is, but the time's right right now to talk about green. So we look forward yeah. to bring that to to the community.
1: Well, that's exciting. It's exciting to 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 see that it's a program that is not just where you know sit and listen, but it, a, a good point. What you said is that uh, you know you really need to know how to use tech um so people can go in figure out how they can apply the technology and then be a part of an ongoing community that uh develops itself and develops uh, supports each other and it's also very interesting how you said that um each country is different but what has your observation been in terms of the feedback then on the program since last year
0: yeah thanks um in terms of the feedback um there's a few things one is there is clearly a lack of fintech knowledge available today. Um, so the feedback that we've gotten in, in our, our course got a 4.7 out of 5 rating, um, our fintech foundation program.
1: Congratulations. That's Thank you.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> We're really happy about that. Uh, so w- what we've gotten is that positive feedback, uh, I think is because uh, there really is a lack of I call it global FinTech knowledge in the marketplace today. Uh, If you go on and search for FinTech knowledge and training programs, you generally get a very specific viewpoint, let's say. Maybe it's a very, very Western viewpoint. Uh, It could be also a very academic viewpoint. Uh, But there really isn't a place right now that's uh, assembling the the top practitioners uh, across Asia and the world together to share. So I think that's the first one. The second one, and I spoke about this earlier, is definitely Learners are moving at very, very different paces. And so one of the things that we're going to do better at 10 times 1,000 is we're going to increase and continue to increase the diversity of lecturers and use cases that we share. Uh, So this year, we're going to add two African lecturers. And we're going to add even more accessibility in terms of languages. We're going to launch Mm -hmm. in French as well. And so those are the two pain points that we have to solve as well on our side. One is accessibility in terms of languages. And the second is users wanna see more use cases. So I'll give you a really good example.
1: Mm-hmm. A,
0: learner, a learner in Africa, hearing about the latest in AI and blockchain and all this, that's great, but those services might not be available in their country. So what is it that they can use today in their market to be successful and to get them on their path? And so that's, that's exactly to the point. Different markets are moving at very different speeds. And so how can we be helpful to them? And that means that we need to diversify our our curriculum even more. And we're taking that step uh, this year to do that. And the third thing in terms of feedback, and I mentioned it before is, it's it's really the community makes a big difference because there's only so much that we can do from 10 times 1,000, but if we can enable a platform, a community, then that's organic and there's so much sharing that happens. Um, and we're also launching this year several new uh, programs so that we'll have uh, on offline uh, ambassadors, uh, uh, we call them local connected leads, uh, first in uh, Singapore, Malaysia, and Pakistan this year. Um, so that the online gatherings will also be offline uh, in these three countries to start and we'll be launching more and more to come.
1: Wow. Yeah, we are looking forward to the offline events for sure. <laughs> um, uh, lastly, you know, we've had a very insightful conversation. I'm just a, a bit curious because China has been quite successful, as I mentioned, in in terms of developing its fintech. Um, and of course, uh, developing countries like Thailand or Southeast Asia, uh, the region itself is following suit. So do you think that we are kind of following the same path? Do you would say in terms of innovation in fintech, or uh, do you think because of our differences, there's going to be variations as to how the path's going to be? From your observation,
0: absolutely. From 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 my observation and and taking a a peer into all of these different partners that we have and also all these learners that we have across the different markets, it's very clear that the interest is, is is there, right? And that's evidenced by how many learners are coming in. The second point I'll make is um, is that while different countries are moving at different paces, from businesses to consumers, uh, to even governments, uh, we've seen that digital economy is rising to the very top of the priorities. Um, so really, it's it's really just a matter of time. And at that time, is coming very, very, very soon. Um, for this to happen, we need the availability of technology, technological infrastructure, as we discussed. The second big T that we need is talent. And talent is something that we're all working on, and I think that's a gap that needs to be filled. Because once you have talent, and if we have talent that has passion, has mission, we have entrepreneurs. We've got uh, the incumbents are also moving. Then I think that magic is going to start to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all the ingredients are there, and I'm I'm confident. I'm confident um, that many across Asia will, will probably even surpass, right? Will it probably even surpass uh, what China's done, what the United States has done, what Europe's done, and we can see that. We can see there are some tech giants across Southeast Asia over the last few years. Uh, that have sprung onto the scene. I think that's really great because what that does is that provides inspiration. Uh, it provides motivation to other small guys, to other entrepreneurs that can see I can do that too. And so that's what a market needs. You need those idols. You know, the US has Facebook, has Google, has Amazon, has all these, you know, China has a few too. And so Southeast Asia has a few of these shining stars. That's That's really a great thing. So that gives me a lot of hope as well.
1: Thank you so much, Jason. And to wrap it up, just for those who might have missed it on our talk earlier, um, any last words on on those who are listening and and wanting to join your program? Uh, uh, How can they and uh, what can we look forward to in the future from you?
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, For those listening, if you're interested in, you know, I think sort of top of class fintech training content and a community, head over to ten times ten x 1000org uh, This also applies to potential partners. If you'd like to be a partner of ours, also head over to our website. There's information on how to reach out to us. Um, going forward, what are we planning to do? What do we want to do? Well, over the next three years, our goal is to reach learners in 100 countries. As of today, uh, we've reached 66 countries uh, and regions and we have over a thousand learners that have graduated with a blockchain enabled digital certificate issued by the IFC and Alipay. And it's really cool because we're not gonna print, send you a printed digital certificate to graduate.
1: No, no, I'm sure a lot of people have those now.
0: (laughs) Is it a blockchain enabled, you can Uh scan the QR code and you can see the the blockchain uh, confirmation that it's authentic. Anyway, wow. so we put a little bit of technology yeah. in in our process too. Yeah. But what we what we want to do over the next three years is want to be able to reach 100 countries. We want to reach more females, more women, and we want to reach more SMEs. That's really it. That's really it for us. And uh, we we have a saying, and this is an old saying: If you want to walk f- fast, walk alone. If you want to walk far walk together and so I hope that we can partner with more lecturers, institutions, partners globally um, to build a future of a sustainable, vibrant fintech community.
1: Thank you so much, Jason. Well said. And TechSauce looks forward to walking further with you in the future as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. And of course, to our listeners, you can tune in for more topics like this on TechSauce Global Podcast. See you next time. Sarika.